0: To go of Live from the WNSR's Strike and Spare Studios.
1: Just a bit outside.
0: It's The McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane.
2: Throw
0: me the money! Call now at 615-844-5600. Oh, what is that? Now, The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin.
2: It is time for the McFarland Show. I got you loud okay. and clear now. That right. wasn't sure. It was a full start there. I was like, it's am okay. I just hearing myself no.
3: Like through the headphones, like outside the headphones? a so full start. Full start. Okay. Five-yard penalty. Replay. First down. I was very confused. It was like everybody was pointing. Like The offense was pointing at the defense. Yeah. The defense was pointing at the yeah. offense.
2: Everybody's standing around looking at and each everybody other. Everybody's like, who are they going to call? Uh, on? It was you. It was it you. you it was you. It was you. No, it, it was you. You, you moved. You. No, you moved.
3: Got a great show for you the next two hours. Don't let that false start scare you.
2: Oh, no. We're going to
3: be good today. Full control. Today is at five yard. We're not scared of five-yard penalties Oh no, at all.
2: No, we have a high-powered have offense. seen here. our offense? Yeah, man. Come scare, on. Scaring me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> We're going to talk to Steve Lehman, News Channel 5, coming up at 2.20. We'll get his thoughts on the hiring of Ran Carthen. Also, have they hired Chris Harris? I mean, we said this yesterday, but I still haven't seen anything official. Like people are speculating like, yeah, they've hired him, but I the Titans haven't said they've hired him. No, okay, So we'll talk to Steve about that. Who's going to be their next OC? There's like, how many teams are there in the league 32? There's like 31 OC jobs yeah. open right now, yeah. think, in the league. Although no, that's not true. 30. Because Bill O'Brien I imagine right. that. Oh, wait a minute, you've been listening to the show, so you know this. Bill O'Brien. Has left Alabama. What? Mm. Who saw that coming? Mm. Oh, wait a minute. Everybody. We did. Okay. Well, I don't know about everybody, but we did. Quite a few people. We've been talking that. about it. Yeah. We've been talking about it. Bill O'Brien's going back to the Patriots. Honk if you've heard a second stint with the Patriots before. As the Alabama to New England exchange eh, eh, program eh, continues. Eh, eh. Belichick and Saban are very close. As I laid out last week on the show... Don't be surprised if Nick Saban, little Nicky, called up Bill and said, "Hey, buddy. Yeah, would you mind taking Bill back?" I don't think they have to call each other even at this
2: point. Do you think they text? I don't think they. I think they have flip phones. Maybe so. I don't think they have an iPhone. But I think I think they just basically know who said what based on who calls them. So if Bill O'Brien calls Bill Belichick, he'll he'll just know. Oh, Nick told you to call, huh? Okay. Uh, so here's what we can do. But, I mean, I, I don't even think <laughs> that they need to even have a conversation. I think the conversations they have may be in the summer before the season starts and just laying everything out. Yeah, he's going to probably go here. He'll This will probably be his last year, probably get another job. I'll uh, tell you what, when he's done, would you mind sending him my way? Sure, sure, sure. That's fine. You're talking about they had this conversation this time last year. Last year. Okay. Last year. Like they've got this all. They're probably having a conversation now about next year. They know all could their assistants, be. and they know who's going to do what.
3: Yeah, could be. Could be. So, currently, Little Nicky in Alabama, Roll Tide, Roll. They have zero coordinators currently on staff. That's currently right now. Yeah, but you know. But we all know that's not. Yeah, so no, what? no reason to panic. Yeah, this is all playing out the way Little Nicky wants it to play out. He knows exactly who's going to be his coordinators. They yeah, have big. Time. He had to make these moves first. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they made the moves, wink, wink. But sure. then now that they're officially open, wink, wink. Yeah. He now can start talking to people, wink, wink. Yeah. Oh wait a minute. Those people are already in line. At least, Bill Keane told us, and we'll we'll have him on yeah. this week again. Uh, get your popcorn ready. That um, he believes Jeremy Pruitt is going to be the next defensive coordinator.
2: He has been very. Very uh stubborn on that. Yeah.
3: And so I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Or we'll trust in Bill we trust some of the offensive coordinator rumors that are out there, mm-hmm. names you've heard of, names you could uh relate to. Greg Roman, one sure. of the OCs just mm-hmm. out in the NFL. Also former
2: Patriot. Yep. <laughs> Dan Mullen. Huh. Mm. Now that is interesting. I don't know about that. Joe. Brady, okay, okay, I can see that. Maybe. Well, here's the problem with Joe Brady. Joe Brady don't like to run the football. Like Coach Saban's going to want him to run the football. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe they, they ran it with Leonard Fournette. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not. Or Clyde Edwards Alaire. They, they did, they did run the football, but I don't know if it, if it's if it was a way of life, the way they're going to want him to run the football. Or at least that's, that's Nick Saban's tendency, though, is to run the football first. That's what he would like to be. Now, you get a Bryce Young, and then obviously you're different, but there's no more Bryce Young. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens from here. But I, I, don't, I don't know about Joe Brady. I don't know about that. But there are others. And then uh, your favorite,
3: Cliff Kingsbury. Nah. No, for what? No. I don't OC, see no, offensive coordinator. Yeah, it's run no, the offense. No, they don't have to worry about the defense. I don't. I, doesn't have to worry about it being a head coach.
2: I, I don't see that. I don't see Cliff. To, I don't see Cliff Kingsbury and Nick Saban doing well together.
3: Well, I've seen pictures of his girlfriend slash I don't know if it's his fiance. I don't know her girlfriend is. on Twitter. I don't know if she's going to want to live in Tuscaloosa. She doesn't seem like the type. She seems very beachy. Yeah. And sand and water. Yeah.
2: And I don't know if Do they you know, have that in Tuscaloosa? No, they don't. They I don't. Mean, you can go down to, you can go down to Orange Beach, but you know You could go to Orange Beach. That's a few that's a few hours from that there. That is a,
3: well, that's actually about
2: four hours. Yeah. Down but, the road. But if you're if you're powerful enough, you're at Alabama, you can get a helicopter and you can get down there a little faster than that. True. If you really, really want to.
3: I'm sure yeah, I'm sure they could arrange that. Yes. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll wait and see. We'll ask uh, Bill when he comes on with us this week what he's thinking. Alabama currently has the number one recruiting class in the country. It is good to be Josh Heupel today. Mm -hmm. Because, as we've seen, the trend in college football, the trend at the University of Tennessee. Have a good season, cash in, and get a big raise. And he's done that. They are now going to pay Josh Heupel $9 million per year after earning $5 million per year last season. And mm. his contract is now through 2029. Mm. So did they have a big season this year? They won 11 games. Yes, they did. They did. It was, um, it was a fun year full of exciting wins. Beating Alabama, of course, was huge. Beating Clemson in a bowl game was huge. But the question is, this was just year two. Can he follow it up? Can he maintain? Can he keep it at this level? And if you're at 11 wins and you want to get better, well, doesn't leave you much wiggle room, does it? No, not at all. No, it doesn't. Your 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 loss was Georgia and South Carolina. Yep, that's it.
2: That it's not much wiggle room. And you know, one of those teams won the national championship yes. the
3: second year in a row, in convincing fashion.
2: Yes. So,
3: in the tune of a hundred to seven, <laughs> or something like that. And I think they just scored again. Yeah, they. I, <laughs> I think they, they shut the scoreboard off after a while. <laughs> They're like, you know what? We're not, you've seen that, right, in U-sports. Like, yeah. We're not keeping a score anymore. The mercy rule. You know, we just what, turn it off. We, we, we were in a tournament once. What's the score, Dad? Don't worry about it, son. Just keep playing. We were down in Lewisburg, and they were doing their bracket on, like, on this bulletin, this like board they had set up like kind of in the middle <laughs> of the complex. You know all by hand, right, like sure. old school, I can sure. appreciate that, sure. kind like we did fantasy drafts and sure. everything, right, draw all the brackets out by hand and fill it in and the scores and we had one of those games where you know we played really well, our kids just it was their day Okay. That, or it was their game, sure, and we we won a whole lot to zero, yeah, and I mean a whole lot convincingly, yes, um, they didn't put the score up, they just put, yeah they just. Moved us. WL. They, L. Yeah, Yeah. They, no, they just literally put us. They just move moved you on. over, yeah. They, they they all moved the other games had scores. Yeah. They didn't even put ours up there.
2: Well, like, what happened yeah. over here? Oh, they, yeah. they won. <laughs> they, how bad was it? Oh, they, just, they, won. They, Listen, they won. They've advanced. They won. So They advanced. They, they won. We, no need to put that no up there. No need to they talk won. about it. They, they, won. they won. Fair and square. Was it close? It doesn't matter. They, they, won. they won. They won. It doesn't matter if you win by 100 or win by one. It's still a
3: win. So what do you think of Josh Heupel? Now, look, Lane Kiffin just got a raise to $9 million. Some could say, well, look, this is the cost of doing business in, in big boy
2: football today. What do I think about this? I think two things. Uh, I've seen this movie before. Yep. And... How's this movie end? Typically with the head coach uh, being fired after a four and eight season. Um, because what... what Here's the danger. Here's a danger. You're giving them this extension. With $9 million comes $9 million worth of expectations. And at some point, what if, what if, and I don't wish this on Tennessee ball fans at all. I really don't. But what if the SEC or college football or whatever figures out Josh Heupel and they figure this out? And they go, you know what? We sat in a room for about a month watching all your tape, and we think we figured you out. And we're going to run you out, and we're going to run out here, and we're just going to do this. And you guys are not going to win any more ballgames. Or you're not, you guys are just not going to win as easily as you've been winning here. We're, you, know, you guys are not foolproof. We figured this out. All of a sudden, Tennessee is 500 Are you going to pay a football coach $9 million a year to go 6-6? Six and six? No, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that at Tennessee. So it comes with $9 million expectations is the issue. Now, here's the problem. If you don't pay him, if you don't pay him, you run the risk of what happened with Lane Kiffin, and that is he leaves. And he leaves because the buyout is not significant. I forget the number for Lane Kiffin, but the Lane Kiffin number for him to leave and go to USC was not very high. Um, And that's not the reason he left because if USC wanted him bad enough, there wouldn't have been a number high enough to keep him from going. Um, But certainly they made it a little easier with the low buyout. So I understand why you're doing this because who's to say next year if Oklahoma falls down the stairs again, they won't go, hey, Josh, you want to come home? Yeah, I know you had some bad blood, but tell you what, all those people you have bad blood with, we have kicked them to the curb, okay? Or we taped them. We put tape over their mouth. They can't over their, say a word. They they won't say a word to you. Won't we, say a word. You are the favorite son of this state. You won a national championship here. We see what you've done in the SEC. Why don't you come be the SEC for us at your home at your home state? And we're gonna roll out the red for you again. You think that might be a little bit tempting for him, you know? So. This is the way you stop that from happening in theory is by giving him $9 million a year and forcing whoever comes to get him you know, to really ante up and figure out well, how bad do you want this guy. So that's, that's the best case scenario. But again, the worst case scenario is there could be injuries. There could be systematic failure as far as the offense is concerned. And all of a sudden now they go 5-7, and 6-6. Six and six, It's going to look real bad going to look real bad and you're not going to give him a rebound year. the fans are going to be calling the boosters are going to be calling everybody's going to be calling and they're going to want him out after a five and seven six and And six for people out there going come on
3: look it's already happened come on no
2: come on nothing they were in love
3: with butch jones (laughs) and it it ended quickly man please i don't know if i don't know if everybody was in love with jeremy pruitt they were in love with butch jones they were buying into brick by brick and you know, champions for life and all that stuff. And it ended quickly. So just remember, as much as excitement as you've got, you can change your opinions and your feelings really quick. All that goes by the
2: way. If you don't what? believe that, go to Twitter. Listen, Butch Jones had the balls, what was it, ten and three or something? At one point, they won a bowl game that it wasn't the Orange Bowl, but they went down to Florida and won, you know, a big time bowl where I think they beat Northwestern by hundred and everybody was feeling good. It felt like Tennessee was back. It felt like everything was fine. Then all of a sudden, they just fell off the table. And fans were not here for it because they still hadn't beat Alabama. They still hadn't beat Florida. You know, it, if, if, listen, if, if Pruitt, not Pruitt, I'm sorry. If, <laughs> yes, I could go flashing back in my mind. If Josh Heupel doesn't beat Alabama, Florida, or Georgia next year, and they go 0 for 3 next year against those three teams, and you end up 7 and 5, People are going to call, and they're going to say, why are we paying us a football coach $9 million to go 7-5 who can't beat his main conference rivals? Oh, well, he's got a freshman quarterback. So we're paying him $9 million a year. Yeah. It's, it's tough. We'll come back. Steve Lehman, News
3: Channel 5. We'll talk Titans with him, and we'll do that next. You're on the McFarland Show, WNSR.
1: Are you tired of your current vehicle? Maybe looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? Hey guys, it's Zach. Hayes Nissan of Rivergate is the best choice for your vehicle needs. Located at 1550 Galton Pike North in Madison, Hayes Nissan of Rivergate has been serving the Middle Tennessee community for over three decades. That gives you confidence that Hayes Nissan of Rivergate can find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle and your budget. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff will make sure you are taken care of. I should know because I've seen it firsthand. Every vehicle I've purchased has been from Hayes, Nissan, of Rivergate, and I love the entire process. Now, I don't want you to forget about their award-winning parts and service department. It has everything you need to get you back on the road. Go visit them on the web at Nissanorivergate.com. They're open there 24-7, 365 days a year. Or give them a call at 615-865-7220. Again, that number is 615-865-7220. That's Hayes, Nissan, of Rivergate, where your dollar always goes farther.
4: Attention. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, this message is for you. Congress has passed $80 billion in funding to more than double the size of the IRS. 87,000 new IRS employees means more audits, collections, and penalties. This will make the IRS larger than the Pentagon, State Department, FBI, and Border Control combined. Now is the time to call Civic Tax Relief.
5: I owe the IRS $37,000. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time every Everything was completed. I didn't know the IRS anything.
4: Their tax resolution specialists can stop the IRS from taking money out of your paycheck.
6: With Civic Tax Relief, they were able to save me upwards of $80,000 that I would have had to pay.
4: For your free tax relief information, call now. 800-841-0908. 800-841-0908. I would recommend anyone who has a tax
7: problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. 800-841-0908. Slim's Tender Mac Bowls are back! We start with a three-cheese blend to make our delicious mac and top it with chopped hand-breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal, both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards
0: it's the afternoon stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. I
6: have not met you, Andrew, but I'd love
1: to meet you someday. Yes, sir. What story do you want to tell, him, Clay? Oh, about how you got ejected? Well,
6: just how passionate of a Vanderbilt fan I am.
1: He's so passionate that he is not able to attend games. Is that fair, Clay? That's fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the afternoon stretch. Afternoon stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan.
3: Back here on the McFarland Show, Darren and Justin here at the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio, until 4 o'clock, Devin is alongside as well, we're talking a little Titans with you, don't forget you can watch us every day on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, let's bring in Steve Lehman, News Channel 5, he's on the line with us, Steve, good afternoon, how you doing?
5: Darren, Jay back. what's going on guys?
3: doing great it's another yeah, nice day here in middle tennessee no complaints not as well as uh, josh hypo but doing okay yeah you're that's a good point yeah we're not doing that well no i mean not nine million good yeah. we're just kind of good People are. yes <laughs> yes have the titans hired a db's coach yet i it's like the worst kept secret but yet i haven't seen anything official on chris harris
5: I, I mean, I think it's done. I think it's a done deal. But I guess until that official memo comes out from Robbie Bourne or somebody over there at Ascension St. Thomas Sports Park, I guess something could get holed up. I, I think there's also the possibility, and this is just me hypothesizing here, I think there's a possibility they may be waiting to get all the staff hires done and then just release them in one batch, these oh. the moves we've made on our thing. So, so that may be something here. But, yeah, I mean, everybody seems to know that Chris Harris is the defensive backs coach, or at least proceeding in that direction at
3: this point. Steve, let's do this. We've got a bad connection. Yeah. We don't know if it's on our end or your end. Let's, Devin, let's call Steve back or get a different number or something. I don't know.
2: We'll be right back on. with you, yeah. Steve. That's all. We'll be right back with you, man. We'll
3: go right. count Josh Heupel's money.
2: Yeah, you know, it's just a quick. Least, yeah, that's a good stall. right? Yeah. Think. Oh, oh, yeah. That'll take a while uh, to get that done. So I'm not sure we have that long before Is we. Is that like in back. Pulp
3: Fiction, like the, the briefcase? So that you think they slid it across the table?
2: I, you know, I don't think it went down like that. No, I don't. I think there was more of like a phone call and a handshake. Okay. Then you know, sliding briefcases across the table, and you know, having people put wallets in bags like yeah, at the end of the movie and all that kind of stuff with. You know, profane words on it, but I don't you know, think they did it at the diner. I don't, I don't think. No, I don't think they did it at the diner, honey bun or whatever. That you know, I forget the forget right, the exact let's, term there. Let's see. So, honey bun, honey I mean, bunny. He did call
3: her, yeah, he did call her honey bunny. I think honey, it was
2: honey bunny honey at the bunny.
3: end of that movie. Let's see if we've got a better connection. What a what a horrible stall by, by <laughs> us. <laughs> that was one of the worst stalls ever.
2: You opened the door of Fiction. That, that
3: <laughs> Steve, are you there? Can you hear me now? Much better. Oh, much better. Loud and clear, sir.
5: Okay, good. Uh, well, I'm, uh, you know, these downtown buildings, they're pretty fortified. So I, I move closer to a wall and a window. So maybe that helps. Okay,
2: You're coming in loud and clear. Don't you talk about the former home of Hee Haw that way, Steve. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Red Carthin was sworn in on Friday. What did you think of his presser?
5: I thought he won it. I don't know if that means anything when you actually get to next September and have to win games on the field, but I thought it was really interesting to see a guy come in. I, I thought he I thought he had a cool personality. I, it was meaningful to see somebody who literally had their dream come true in that moment, in that room, and so many of his family members to be around. I thought that was awesome. And the other thing that was just really impressive to me is, I don't know how long his Q&A went, but I, you know, I think it was 15 minutes or more. And, He got asked just about every meaningful question about the Titans organization, including some that, frankly, I I can't imagine the person asking the question expected that they were going to get a legitimate answer on the first day on the job from the man. But he took them all, and I think he handled them very appropriately. And so that demonstrated to me that he's a bright guy that has at least a solid understanding of the situation he's walking into. Now, does he know what direction he's going with Ryan Tannehill yet? or other very specific divisions to the roster or decisions to the roster, I should say, I I don't know. I I assume he's got to work through some of that, but he at least understands the situation he's walking into.
3: I read this on Friday's show. Um, I had reached out to someone inside the 49ers organization, so someone in the building, someone that's been around ran for many years, and I just said, you know, what do you think? Give, Give me a little insights if you can. And this person responded and said, Ran will be fantastic for the Titans in Nashville. Everyone in our building loves Ran. We're excited for his opportunity, but sad that he's leaving us. He's easy to talk to and really connects with everyone. He has a great sense of humor. I'm sure you guys will enjoy working with him. I'll be watching the presser uh, tomorrow. And so, I, you know, I kind of felt like that response is, you know, without – being around him yet you know without we've asked for him to come on the show hopefully that's going to happen this week uh they you know they've said they they believe it's going to happen sometime soon and we'll get that same feel but that, that's what it feels like today right it it feels like that response everything feels good today
5: yeah but that's also true with any hire i think i mean i agree with you i think everything that that person messaged you came out in the press conference but again day one and let's be honest if you don't win the press conference it's a bad hire yeah if you can't stand up there and say the right things and make a good impression in the opening hour it's gonna spell problems i think for the days to follow and so ran carthon hit it out of the park on friday now the question is how does he get down to work and what is the direction he envisions with this team and he sort of hinted to me that he doesn't view this as a complete rebuild. So I don't think you're going to see everything torn down from where they are. I don't think the direction that he wants to go, or frankly, that Amy Adam Strunk will tolerate, is stripping it down and heading towards the first pick in the draft to try and rebuild with that. They're going to do some semblance of a reload. Now, whether it's a reload where they think they can change a couple of pieces and go win the Super Bowl next year. Or, you know, maybe take a step back and try and do it that way, that remains to be seen. But that's about the only thing we really got out of it. And now it's just how does he go about doing it? And that's where you're ultimately gonna judge what he he does and how people interact with him and what's he doing free agency and all that. But everybody I've talked to who's worked with him in the past, whether that be in the Rams organization or out in San Francisco through media Just says he's a really good guy, really bright guy, has a big football background and pedigree. And, obviously, when you look at what the 49ers in particular have done in that personnel department, it's hard not to like that body of work.
3: Yeah, here's uh, something interesting. Luke Steckle is going to interview for the Chargers opening at OC. About half the league's got an opening at OC, by the way. Luke Steckle is going to interview for that job. Luke Steckle's been with the Titans for what? Close to a decade or a decade? Uh Isn't it interesting that we never hear anything about Luke
5: Steckle when it comes to openings for them? It is interesting because I've talked to a couple people about him, Darren, and everybody raves about Luke Steckle in terms of how smart he is. I think he went to Princeton, and just he's a a really savvy guy that understands football and certainly understands the way things work inside Ascension St. Thomas Sports Park. At the same time... He just became a tight ends coach, you know, a, a full fledged position coach a couple of years ago when Todd Downing got promoted to become the offensive coordinator. And so he hasn't had a ton of experience while he's been in the building for a long time. He hasn't had a ton of experience as somebody who, who's very into the details and everything of the offense. So it's interesting to me. I think he's bright. And sometimes when you're bright, you just need that opportunity and you can knock it out of the park and, he might be able to do that, but it is interesting. that We haven't heard a ton about Luke Steckel here, and now all of a sudden he potentially has an opportunity to be an O.C.
3: somewhere else. So where do you think ultimately Mike Vrabel is going to turn for his O.C. opening?
5: Hmm. Good question. The fact that it hasn't picked up a little bit more pace makes me think that he may be mostly interested in guys who are connected to teams that are still playing, whether that be an Eric Enemy or a Matt Nagy that we talked about last week who have obviously ties to the Chiefs who are playing this weekend in the AFC Championship, or, you know, somebody else. Is there somebody on that Cincinnati staff that Mike Vrabel is really interested in? Obviously, they haven't had much success against the Bengals over the last three seasons. Does that pique his interest? Is there somebody else out there? I don't know. But the fact that it hasn't picked up more steam to this point makes me believe that he's really wanting to make sure that he talks to everybody that he's interested in, even if that takes a little while before he ultimately makes a decision. And unlike GM, where they were in a hurry and they needed to make a hire and start the process of the off season and make sure everyone's on the same page. It really doesn't matter with the offensive coordinator. You can wait till after the super bowl and bring that guy in. And and you still have plenty of time to have all your ducks in a row before the players report again in mid April to get ready for next season. So, We'll see how quickly that happens, but it doesn't appear they're in any hurry. What do you think currently,
3: now that you watch Jacksonville and their season play out where they came from behind 27 nothing to win a playoff game and then play Kansas City, really tough. I get it. Mahomes was hurt and banged up, but, uh, you know, they played a good, tight contest in Kansas City at Arrowhead. What do you think the gap currently is today? I get it. I'm asking you today. What is today? January 24th. A lot of things mm-hmm. are going to change. The rosters are going to look totally different. But I'm just asking you today, what
5: do you think the gap
3: is between Jacksonville and Tennessee?
5: About a Josh Jobs forward pass into the arms to Josh Allen. I mean, so even that's as close. bad as the Titans were. So you think it's close? As, yeah, I mean, even as bad as the Titans were, Darren, in week 18, they're playing with a guy who's on the practice squad in Detroit two weeks earlier, three weeks earlier, and they go down there and they control that football game until three minutes to go when that play happened. And I do think it was a fumble, and the Jaguars won the game, and then they won a playoff game. So I think the Jaguars are better, but the Titans were not that far away from being able to compete with that team. And even, frankly, when you look around at a bunch of the other losses, I mean, they took Kansas State overtime. They played the Bengals right down to the final possession again. So, you know, they really only got blown out by the Bills, and by the Eagles. And everybody else, they were they were in the game. They just didn't have enough juice this season to figure out how to beat those elite teams, and that even includes the Jaguars team that got to the playoffs and won a game. But I, I do think they're close. So I think if you add a healthy Ryan Tannehill back and, and fix this roster going into next year, I, I think it absolutely feels to me like a division, again, that's between the Jaguars and the Titans. The big difference is the Jaguars have built their team with cheap draft picks, guys who are young in their career. The Titans now are predominantly guys who are on their second contract, who are their stars. So it feels like the Jags have more room to continue to go up, while the Titans are going to either have to really figure out how to rework things or they probably have a a ceiling that they're going to hit at some point there.
2: Yeah, You know, the other thing about it, Steve, is uh, we look at the division next year. Both Indianapolis and Houston will be starting over again at quarterback and head coach at both positions. Uh, They'll be starting over again. I wanted to ask you about the relationship between uh, Rand Carthen and Vrabes, as he's called him. I, I don't think I've heard him say Mike Vrabel once. It's been Vrabes. Uh, pretty much the entire time. Uh, obviously, both are former players. Uh, both of them have been in football for a very long time. Both of them went to big-time sc- colleges and big-time conferences. It would seem the relationship is going to be very different between uh, Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthen than the relationship that Vrabel had with John Robinson.
5: Yeah, I think Mike and John actually had a pretty darn good relationship from everything I knew ahead of the dismissal and, frankly, what I've learned after the dismissal. But I do think this will be interesting because these two guys have some similarities in their background, and I think they're both excited to work with each other. The one thing that was made clear to me by this decision the other day by Amy Adams-Strunk to go in this direction is Rand Carthon's in charge of the football department for the Titans. Mike Vrabel's going to have more power because he's been around longer now than uh, Rand Carthon has. But he, he's not going to have complete control. And I think that was one of the things we wondered about when John Robinson got fired, was this Mike Vrabel flexing his muscles, so to speak, to say, I need more control. I need, I need to have final say on what we do in draft picks or in free agency. And I, I don't think that's it. I think this is going to be a very similar type of partnership. Brayden will have more power just because he's been around longer. But I think Rand Carthon is the guy coming in to make the decisions, and ultimately they've got to find a way to work together, and hopefully they work together well.
2: So you're not buying into the whole collaboration uh, talk that was mentioned so many times at the press conference there where people would ask who's in charge. They would say, well, we're going to collaborate.
5: Well, I, I do think they're going to collaborate. But at the end of the day, you know as well as I do, No matter how good your business is and no matter how much you work as a team and collaborate, at the end of the day, there's somebody there that ultimately makes the decision. And, you know, in some cases, that may be Amy Adams-Strunk. When it comes down to breaking a tie, if it's the most important decision or something like that, or if it's the future of Ryan Tannehill, it may come to her, hey, here's option A, here's option B. We're on the fence, and she makes it. But I think, by and large, when you're talking about the run-of-the-mill day-to-day decisions, when you're talking about a guy you're bringing in on the practice squad or a back-end-of-the-roster type of guy or who you're going to draft in the fourth and fifth and sixth rounds, that, that is going to be a collaborative effort, as he talked about, between himself, Grable and the coaching staff, and all the scouts. But at the end of the day, when the card's got to go in or the phone call has to be made, one person's making that call – And that person's going to be Rand Carthon. And and so I do think he has the ultimate checkmate, if you will, in the situation. But I do think the goal here is to find a group that reaches a consensus perhaps more than they had in the past.
2: What do you think, and I know that this this is really early, but uh, maybe this is the better question. How many former 49ers are going to be here next year, do you think? Uh, I'm putting the (laughs) over-under at five. How how many Mm. former 49ers will be on the Titans roster next year? I mean, that's, that's a great question. And I have no idea. I, I, would put it the same number,
5: I, I would put it in the same category of however many Patriots there were here back in 2016 or 2017 when John Robinson just walked around. I, I mean, I, I do think there's some truth that when you know guys and you understand the type of player they are and what they do in the building, just that familiarity makes it more likely that you would go back to that. Well, if you have the opportunity at some point, so I, I think there's a real chance you see a handful of those guys here next year. Even if it's a guy who's a borderline roster guy that just goes in for depth to see if he can make the team ultimately. I, I think you'll see a bunch of those guys here because there was a lot of success. And let's face it, if you're a Titans fan, you could do a whole lot worse than bringing in some guys with that San Francisco background, as oh. much as they've won and as deep as those rosters have been. I
2: wanted to ask you real quick, switching away from the Titans, your thoughts about – uh kevin Mawai taking over the job over at lipscomb uh, academy obviously they go from a super bowl champion to a hall of fame uh you know offensive lineman um you know that's, that's some serious firepower for a for a high school and uh some of the things they've been able to do over there seem very very impressive uh for for an academy
5: no question, Justin. I'm I'm
2: kind of blown away
5: at the transformation over there. First off, I had no idea Kevin I wanted to coach. Me either. See, Steve, Steve you
2: got me on that. I'm the same way, Steve. I had no clue this was an aspiration of his to well, do been, to do this. He's been coaching. Yeah, but not not head coach on the. Well, no, but I mean, if you're coaching, I aren't guess you, so. I mean, well, I, you, is everybody. people
3: get into coaching just to be an assistant?
2: Uh, some guys don't want the head job. <laughs>
3: Well, some guys well, don't get it. Yeah, I think they
2: <laughs> Well, also, also too, if you're Kevin Malai,
5: I mean, would, would you aspire maybe more so to be an offensive line coach in the NFL or or maybe an offensive coordinator or work your way up to that? Or is your, is your passion to be a high school head coach? Is that something you want to do? And that was interesting. I mean, that's the thing that Dilfer, uh, the only reason I was a little bit surprised when I first got news of him going to UAB is he had really kind of sold it that, he didn't need to be at the highest level. He'd, he'd had some, you know, I guess success with the Elite 11 camps and that he was excited about the opportunity to get young men who were from families and put them into a high school program and, and turn them, maybe I should say young boys, and turn them into young men ready to go off to college. I, I think that was important to him, and he had a lot of success in doing that. So you never know somebody's motivation, but I just hadn't heard that about Kevin Bly. And I think just more so, it wasn't that long ago that Lipscomb was nowhere when it came to high school football around here. I mean, in the private school ranks, they were getting slaughtered by the good schools. They just weren't competing. And to think in the last five or six years, they've completely flipped that to going from a Super Bowl winning coach to now a Hall of Fame coach and all of the facilities, I mean, that place looks like a Division One facility, a small Division One facility. It may be nicer than a lot of small Division One facilities. And obviously they're getting kids from all over to come in who have bright futures in front of them. And they've put the resources in. It's hard to say it hasn't had a good benefit for the rest of the school as well. But I think that program is going to be set up to be good for some time.
3: Yeah, it is amazing. All right, real quick, on the way out, who's going to be playing – For the Super Bowl. Who takes care of business on Sunday?
5: You know what? I said Bengals 49ers going into the playoffs. I like the direction Mm -hmm. both of them are going, but I'm having a a few second thoughts with the Eagles now because I I was worried about the injuries at the regular season. They looked like the number one seed the other day. I'm going to stick with my original prediction, but I won't be shocked if Philly wins it all.
3: Yeah, they certainly look good. That's for sure, and it looks like, I guess, Jalen Hurts has passed the shoulder injury, so... Be a fun yeah. <laughs> Sunday. It'll be a fun Sunday for sure. Hey, Very appreciate well. it uh, the visit as always. Have a great week, and we'll talk soon.
5: Hey, thanks for dealing with my phone issue. We'll talk to you again. <laughs> it's All no good, problems, Steve Lehman, News
3: Channel Five. It was really more about us, like our little, you know, two minute, two minute uh, stall was yeah. not the best. No, no, it wasn't we a tried. good effort on our. There's part. no book. Like they don't give you a manual yeah. on what to do on the stall. No, situation.
2: no, we. we but we live, it's called than, live radio. We, can right, that, we, could, we could do better than that, You're right. We
3: could do better. We'll come back. We'll do better on the other side of the McFarland Show, WNSR.
4: Prescription products require an online consultation with a health care provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required.
2: Hey, guys. Did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash joy. At Hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at
0: 90% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as
2: brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address:
0: forhims.com/joy. That's forhims.com/joy for your free
3: online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. They
7: say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the double your refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4-2-23. Visit jacksonhewitt.com for rules. Hi,
4: this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for thirty years.
3: Contact Cordell and Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Nashville area attorneys, a partner men can count on. Eight Ten Crescent Center Drive, Suite One Hundred and Sixty, Franklin, Tennessee Three Seven Zero Six Seven. Online at CordellCordell.com. As a
4: professional realtor in Nashville for more than forty years, Richard Courtney is one of the city's top-ranked real estate brokers. He's also the author of two books and the real estate columnist for the Nashville Ledger. What does all this mean to you as a home buyer or seller expert knowledge guidance and trust give richard courtney a call today at 615-300-8189 that's 615-300-8189 or online at richardcourtney.com
9: your exclusive national sports radio wnsr sky scan forecast a wind advisory goes into effect at 9 p.m Today's going to be mostly sunny with a high of 52, becoming cloudy and breezy with showers developing tonight below 38 with winds gusting to 30 miles per hour. Utilizing the resources of the Motherbug Network on National Sports Radio, I'm WNSR's meteorologist Jim Rinaldi.
2: Sports Radio WNSR.
3: Appreciate Steve Lehman for joining us here on the McFarland Show. Speaking of those wind gusts, this spring season, Justin, we're going to take our little travel ball baseball team to Elizabethtown, Kentucky. E-Town. E-Town, right off the Bluegrass Parkway. They've turned uh, one of those beautiful complexes into a Ripken experience. Okay. And um, we're going to go, because last year was the first time they opened it. Okay. So we're going to go and... Lo and behold, the news is not good. Coming out of Elizabethtown, it's a national story. The wind gust blew over a freaking Denny sign. Did you see Oh, that? yeah, yeah. Killed yeah. an elder, elderly couple in the parking lot. Very sad story, it's indeed. Crazy. Yeah, uh,
2: just fell on their and car there. Yeah. Yeah. E-Town. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's a very sad situation. But they, they have very intense storms up that way, as you know. Uh, and, you know, Kentucky in particular has suffered heavily. With weather-related incidents the last two years between what happened in Mayfield uh, with the tornado and then the floods over in the uh, eastern part of the state, and now uh, the windstorms there to the northern part of the state uh, just outside of Louisville. Just just
3: awful. Yep. 615-844-5600. 844-5600. Let's go to those phone lines. Let's go down to Columbia. Nate is standing by. Nate, what's up?
10: What's up, guys? Um, I wanted to thank Mr. McFarland. Which one? Darren. Oh, okay. Y- y'all know I'm going to be using that from time to time now because of that caller a few weeks ago <laughs> that just said, Hey, I got a question, Mr. McFarland. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I want to thank you, Darren, for that uh, one small leg of the under 46 and a half. I meant to do that yesterday, but I uh, forgot. I had a small three-leg parlay and uh, won a few shekels.
3: So Yeah, uh, I did two off that. Uh, I felt pretty strongly about it. But unfortunately, um, Cincinnati tossed those shekels that I won off that under right out the window. So I, I just did not believe. I had Buffalo in a parlay money line. All they had to do was win. Forget the spread. I Again, I was shocked. And I won all the other legs of the parlay. And the last thing I had was just Buffalo winning the game, and I felt very confident that Buffalo was going to win the game, and they got dominated. So, yeah, well, I mean, I won it too, but I hate – I didn't really get to enjoy it because as soon as I won it, um, well, I'd already lost the, the parlay with Buffalo.
10: Well, it's kind of funny because I actually had like a, I think it was a four or five with the Buffalo game and the um, Dallas game. Together and with the with Buffalo just scrapping the bed, I was like, "Well, I get ten free dollars, ten dollars and free bets." So let's see what McCaffrey can do, touchdown wise, and uh, under forty six and a half. And oh my God, guys, I was sweating the um, over two hundred yards passing for. Um, shoot, what's the quarterback's name for San Fran? Brock um, Purdy.
2: Brock Purdy.
10: Yeah, Purdy. Yeah, Purdy. I was, they were at 199 with, I think it was like two minutes left. And they were getting the ball back. And I was like, oh, here we go. They're just going to run the ball. But thankfully, they passed it. Yep. Um. So that's the first, yeah. And then, y'all want to hear a quick, funny uh, Pred story? Sure. So over the weekend, I meant to mention this yesterday to y'all. Over the weekend, I went to Gatlinburg, and one of my best friends who moved up to North Carolina uh, surprised me for my 30th birthday up there. So that was cool. Um, he gave me a present, a Preds puck, and it was signed.
0: Okay.
10: And he told me that when he went to the game in Raleigh, uh, the preds canes game, he got a player to sign it. So y'all, know, as Darren knows, naturally, the crazy fans, looking at the puck trying to figure out who it is and then if we can't figure it out we go online and see if we can't find some more signatures well the first clue was that there was no number on the puck uh, and so yeah. after about two or three minutes of searching uh, his girlfriend was like Nate Nate and I look at her and Tony says my buddy he said it I signed it and it was so funny because, um, you know, I just wouldn't – I wasn't expecting it. And I thanked them because I now have a game to play with my friends because, I, unfortunately, I know they're not listening to the show because, you know, my friends and family, they're not as big sports fans as I am. But now I have a, a funny thing to play with them, to put the puck on a mantle with other signed pucks and see if they notice that it's a fake one. The only
3: disappointment in this story is that your friend told you. Like, it would be better for the gag if he just kind of lets you go on the scavenger hunt trying to figure out who the hell signed this puck, right? And then eventually down the road, let the cat out of the bag after you've done extensive work and you think it's this player, but you're not sure. You've asked around. You even think it could be this other player, but you're not sure. And then eventually he's like, hey, Nate, man. Hey, buddy. I love you, man. That was, that was a fake. I, I signed it. That would be, oh, That would be fun.
10: Well, apparently he's not a great liar because I, I told him in the moment, I was like, dude, why didn't you let it go longer? Yeah. And he's like, I, I couldn't take it anymore, man. man. I, I it probably doesn't do well
3: around no. Christmas time. Oh, I can't wait till I Christmas. I, I got to tell you what I got. Hey. Go ahead open it. Open it. Go ahead and open it. Open it. <laughs> take a look. Take a look. Take a look.
10: It's okay. And, and one, one more quick thing. He also gave me nine beers, and he wrapped them each in uh, Christmas paper wrapping. And so I was going to open them to see what they are, but he's like, why don't you save them, put them in the fridge, and when you want to drink it, open it then. So it's a surprise. There you go. So I just thought y'all might, might wow. think that's a good idea for the future, too.
3: Your Ugh. friend's full. All, he's got all kinds of stuff up his sleeve. Yes, he does. Man, I know. That's has a lot of time in North Carolina, doesn't he?
10: <laughs> it sounds like it. I, I, I he says he's get real for, busy at work, but I don't wrapped, know that. I Believe him.
2: Bottles of beer. I don't. I'm I, sorry. Yeah, is it bottles or cans, Nate? Which, which, is it? Bottles or cans? They were the cans. The cans of beer. Okay.
10: Yeah. So it was funny. I didn't want to uh, put them sitting up upside down because I wouldn't know really what would happen. Yeah. Probably nothing. But yeah. I'm just crazy like that. So sure. I had to feel around to make sure I found the top of the can before setting it down. Yeah, that's a good point. Nate, appreciate the phone call, as always.
3: Thank you, We'll step away final time. Back to wrap up the first hour next
10: dazzling
7: diamonds, royal rubies, elegant emeralds, and stunning sapphires. Now's the time to discover an exquisite variety of radiant prize-winning jewels that are set to take your breath away. This gorgeous one-of-a-kind display won't be found at the finest jewelry stores, but rather at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer with Jumbo Bucks Jewels Instant Games. Collect glistening top prices of up to $300,000 and make every win sparkle. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. What's your next
1: a code of
4: ethics. This is article 9 in action. Beth, a first-time homebuyer, knew nothing about the home buying process, except that she wanted to buy a home. But her Realtor had the expertise to make sure Beth understood every document, even giving her copies to review with her lawyer so Beth could close on her first home with confidence. Complicated things explained in simple terms. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's
9: who we are. bundling is easy with geico just ask your neighbors what
1: happens to your decision making when you drink well after one drink you feel confident a few more and calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea and you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four day old macaroni the bottom line drunk you doesn't make great decisions so you're risking a dui or worse if you count on him to get you home plan before you party get home safe Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Nashville Sports Radio 560 on
4: 95.9 FM has been your home for sports for 20 years. From
1: typewriters to
4: Twitter, fax machines to Facebook, we have you covered 24-7 and on the go. Finding us online is as easy as at Nash Sports Radio, Twitter, at Nash Sports Radio, SoundCloud, at Nash Sports Radio, Facebook, at Nash Sports Radio, or search your app store for WNSR. 20 years of sports, anytime, anywhere. From Nashville Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM.
3: Back here on the McFarland Show. Rick Enzel, the fine head coach at MTSU. The Lady Raiders. I don't know if people realize this. They're ranked. They've got the fourth longest winning streak in the country. They're mm. undefeated in conference play. Mm. He's going to join us at 320. We're going to talk about his team that is really, Really good. Yeah.
2: Really good. Trying to get some attention there.
3: Oh, yeah. So we're, uh, we're going to talk to Rick Enzel coming up at 3.20. Uh, GPander78 on Twitter tweets at us, Justin. Mm-hmm. A fake signed Preds puck versus a gift card or gift cards to a restaurant that has already gone out of business. What is the better prank, Mr. Shakes? That's, that's me. That's this McFarlane, Darren. So, you don't know, because we haven't been doing the show, we've just been doing it for almost four months now. Yeah. That was one of my fun things. Well, I, I, I'm acting like it's past tense, like I'll never do it again. That has been, that has been something that I've been that known you have to done. do over the years. You I've, buy
2: gift cards. No,
3: I don't buy them.
2: You well, know, obviously, being, yeah, you don't being need to buy Being in the business,
3: them. you know, one yeah. of the luxuries is free stuff. We all love in this business. Radio, television—we love free stuff, sure. right? We do. At least I do occasionally. Sure. And gift cards has been—you know—they roll through at times. The gift cards are great. Sure, I welcome gift cards, and I've had my fair share of gift cards over the years. And sometimes, if you don't take advantage of those gift cards and you let them lay around, next thing you know, you look up and that—that that business is no longer in it business. Gone. So I have chosen not to throw those gift cards away, but keep them and have fun with them over the years. And I have rewarded people with these nice gift cards. And I've told the stories on the air. And one, uh, one was Dave Hull, may rest in peace, a guy I used to work with at a previous stop. A lot of people knew Dave Hull. He went by Hull. And he was a character, man. He, he, was, a, he was a cool cat, but he was a character. And you know, he loved to bust your chops. You know, he loved to have fun. He loved to prank. He was a producer. And I gave him a gift card to a pizza joint that I used to endorse. Da Vinci's Pizza. I don't know if you I remember do. Da Vinci's. I do. I it do was remember a great pizza yes. joint. Now, if you know that area where it was, it's all like it's all changed, right? It's all, yeah. like, it's a little different. It's all blown up. And, you know, it's condos and... Hospitals, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. they eventually went out of business. It was a great pizza joint. And I, I went up to him one day, and he, you know, he had done a couple things to me where he, you know, he busted my chops. And I was like, I'm going to get whole. I'm going to get him. So I came in one day, and I said, man, I don't, people don't appreciate you, and I just want to appreciate you. This is my little token of appreciation for all the hard work you do. Man, he beamed. opened up a $100 gift card to Da Vinci's Pizza. He was pumped. The next day was the Titans Jets game. Was it a Thursday night game? I don't Or a Monday night? Maybe so. it was Monday night. Monday, Monday night, night, yeah. So I gave it to him on Friday. Monday afternoon, he tried to go there. He called me. We were doing the show down by Nissan Stadium. And man, did he let me have it. He was driving all around looking
2: for DaVinci's Pizza. So, so you're the to one have a free lunch. driving around handing out gift cards to Mrs. Winners. He's like, man, I couldn't find it, you jerk. I was like,
3: that doesn't exist anymore, buddy. It's gone. Still love you, though. Keep up the good
2: work. Yes, especially for you. <laughs> we'll keep up a lot of great work there. What is wrong with you? Oh, okay, that's all right. You know what? Man, that was, worry about. it was fun. Yeah, I'm not going to take an envelope from you. Just <laughs> so you know that.
3: Hour number two of the McFarland show is coming up
9: next.
2: ABC News, I'm Morgan Norwood. New details in the active shooter investigation in Monterey Park, California.
1: All 11 of the victims who were killed in Monterey Park have now been positively identified by the L.A. County coroner and their families have been notified. The ages of the victims ranged from their 50s to their mid-70s. The search for a motive in the case continues today. Investigators say they don't yet have a good idea of what sparked the rampage.
2: ABC's Alex Stowe. Police in Half Moon Bay, California, say the deadly shooting there was a case of workplace violence. Seven people were killed. Classified documents have been found at the Indiana home of former Vice President Mike Pence and turned over to the FBI. An attorney for Pence conducted a search proactively following the discovery of classified documents at President Biden's home and former office. Google signaling it will fight a new civil antitrust lawsuit filed by the Justice Department and eight states. The suit alleges the tech giant dominates online advertising and limits competition. This is ABC News.
0: You've got advanced prostate cancer, but you're not waiting around. You want straight talk to facts about a Govix. Orgovix Religolix, 120 mg prescription tablets, is a treatment for adults with advanced prostate cancer. Fact: Orgovix is a different kind of androgen deprivation therapy treatment, a pill, not an injection. Orgovix may cause serious side effects, including a heart condition called QT prolongation. Tell your doctor right away if you feel dizzy, faint, have a racing or pounding heart or chest pain. Orgovix can cause harm to an unborn baby or miscarriage. Use birth control during treatment and for two weeks after Orgovix treatment. The most common side effects include hot flushes, increased blood sugar and blood fat levels, muscle and joint pain, decreased blood hemoglobin levels, increased liver enzymes, tiredness, constipation, and diarrhea. Other side effects include weight gain, decreased sex drive, and erectile function problems, or Govix may cause infertility. Talk to your doctor if infertility is a concern for you. Go with a Govix. Ask your doctor. For more facts, visit GoWithTheFacts.com.
4: Fire pit, and you can't forget the live music. T-Line Nashville is a one-stop shop for a great night out. Located at 106 Duluth Avenue and online at tlinenash.com You can book your party now or give them a call at 615-439-1024 That's 615-439-1024 And make sure you give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at T-Line Nash for all the news, events, and updates. T-Line Nashville Nashville's first curling venue is here.
0: You can't handle the truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR's Strike and Spare Studios.
1: Just a bit outside.
0: Now back to the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Show the money! Call now at 615-844-5600. Alrighty Now the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin. Second hour McFarland Show rolling along here on this Tuesday
3: afternoon. Hope everybody's having a good day to this point. Our number, 615-844-5600. That's how you can get in touch with us. Coach Rick Enzel will join us
2: in about 15 minutes or so.
3: Right now we can take your calls.
2: You know, something else coming up here later today, Darren, that I'm going to be very interested in is uh, the voting for the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, it's coming up a little bit later tonight. Uh, yeah, where they it's going to be, I think,
3: 5 or 6 o'clock hour time.
2: Yeah, uh, a number of, uh, of people on the ballot here where uh, they expect the closest folks to be, Scott Rowland and Billy Wagner, uh, to possibly get into the Hall of Fame. And then, of course, you have the usual suspects that everyone says is not going to get in because of their use of... Uh, performance enhancing drugs uh, And you know we're still dealing with the aftermath Of that um, But I, I find it always very Interesting who they allow in and who They don't um, When it comes to the Baseball Hall of Fame It, it is just so it, It's such a it, to me it's the most Interesting of all of the Hall of Fames uh, because of the Finicky nature of The voters uh, and, and the way they seem to be You just, you just don't know half the time. You really don't. And guys who seem like they should be a no question, no doubt kind of guy, you know, has to wait a year or there's somebody who doesn't vote for them somehow just because they don't think that anyone deserves to be 100% or, you know, that kind of silly stuff that goes on with the, with the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, so, you know, but, you know, I think that we're also going to approach a point where we may have to redefine what is Hall of Fame because the game has changed so much. Uh, especially from the pitcher standpoint. If everybody pitches an inning or or 3, how do you define a Hall of Fame pitcher later on? It can't be by numbers cuz no one's going to have the numbers, you know, no one's going to have the the innings earned, no one's going to have the strikeout numbers. No, the, people don't play. <laughs> they don't they don't play. No one's going to have complete games. What is a complete game? No one does that anymore. So it's it's just gonna be very interesting moving forward here, and it'll be interesting to see what they do tonight uh, in regards to that.
3: Yep, we'll certainly talk about tomorrow who they officially put in. So
2: we'll see, we'll see who they put in
3: yeah. uh, tonight. Like I said, I think it's uh, it's gonna be aired on MLB Network live tonight. I think it's, 6:00 I think our it's six, yeah. six o'clock hour time. Six o'clock hour time. The Jags and Chiefs game was the most watched Saturday afternoon divisional playoff game. In 10 years. In a decade. Yeah. Yeah. 34.3 million viewers. Yeah. On Saturday afternoon. Yeah. In January. Yeah.
2: 34.3 million
3: people watching.
2: College that football. That is amazing. College football can't compete. They That's just, amazing. They, they And I know college football is immensely popular. But... The problem is you can't. They they cannot run with the NFL playoffs. They just can't. No matter what, what they what do. What
3: can Justin? Nothing. There is like you're in the television. I'm business. in the TV business. Is there yeah. any no. award show? Nope. Anything? Nope. They could put out there. Nope. That's not even close,
2: right? Nope. Yeah. The the top twenty TV programs of the year are NFL games. You know, seventeen of them are NFL games. What what
3: would be the other three?
2: Oh, they've told us, and I can't I can't remember right now, but um doggone and I'm drawing a blank. But they're, <laughs> they're mostly sporting events. You know, okay. it, it doesn't, you know, it, it's it's really hard to top it. Are you saying the other three are college football games? No, I think there's like one non-news event. Now you're going to make me look it up. Oh, I'm, um, I'm just, actually, I'm just really curious. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard to beat the NFL. That's all I'm saying. It's very, very difficult. And it's a big reason why I think college football is going to the 12-game playoff. Because the bowl system cannot run with these NFL numbers, they just can't. And I know people are going to miss it and all the other stuff, but no one's going to watch the Cotton Bowl like this. No one's going to watch the Cotton Bowl like they're going to watch this game between you know uh, Jacksonville and Kansas. And by the way, Jacksonville and Kansas City are not big market teams. Nope. These are the two smaller markets in the NFL, and they still got. You know, an amazing number thirty four point like
3: three million.
2: I mean, you can't top that. You know, the the, the Super Bowl with you know one hundred nineteen million people watching that that's an insane amount of people. So no, the NFL continues to do gangbusters despite all of the controversy and everything else uh, that goes on. It, it just you know you can't beat it. You just can't. For all the
3: people that thought you know adding more would water it down, it's just there's just no proof of it. I mean, I'm not in love with more, more, and more, but right now their model, it doesn't hurt them. It just doesn't hurt them. And and I don't suspect, honestly, it's going to hurt – well, it's not. It's not going to hurt a 12-team college football playoffs. No. It will only help them. The problem with that is what you've already stated. And it's already taking place. It'll just get worse, though. But, look, as long as you've got a gambling element, Justin – and it's huge in this country, and it is huge in this country. You will still have people watching, even if they know it means nothing, even if they know half the rosters have opted out to focus on their you know, their NFL careers or they've, trans- they've hit the transfer portal and they're like, I'm not playing that game, I'm moving on. People will still watch, and they'll still make money off of it. You, know, you just hate it because you know, how much does it affect them? We've got a bowl game right here in our backyard – that's been here for a long time, coming up on twenty-five years, and you know you do wonder how these bowls. This one's been a pretty darn healthy bowl, right? It has been a of sure. all the bowls. It's been a very healthy bowl. Absolutely, to be a non-New Year's Day bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is a very healthy bowl. It, uh, it really I mean, is. you get Tennessee, you get Kentucky. Not you know not this year, but Kentucky in the past, Tennessee, Alabama, sellouts. I mean, you've had sellout. Music City Bowls, you know, was almost 70,000. And, you know, there's a lot of bowls that, you know, you, you, you turn them on and you see, you know, 10,000 people at them, you know.
2: No, you absolutely do. And, and it's, it's absolutely just massive uh, what the numbers are uh, each and every time uh, that, that they come on and they, they give you a big-time, prime-time type of matchup. And, and here's the other thing that I was going to get at as far as, And, and, you know, it's a small conspiracy theory, um, but, you know, it, it played out this way. That number doesn't happen, by the way, between the Chiefs and the Jaguars. If the Titans are playing, they're watching the game because of the matchup between the quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes against Trevor Lawrence. That's the matchup. That's the matchup. That's that's the marketing. That's everything pushes towards that. And the Titans do not have Mr. Marquis as their quarterback. And because of that, they're not going to get the calls that you've been talking about, Darren, as far as, you know, incompletions versus fumbles versus helmet-to-helmet contact. They're not going to get those calls. They don't have the quarterback to get them. I mean, I know everybody wants it to be fair, and I want it to be fair too. But, I mean, to me, it's relatively obvious that, you know, it, it's um, – it's a situation where i don't I don't want to say the NFL doesn't want the Titans because I don't believe that, but it's a uh a situation where I think quarterbacks of a certain caliber are preferred, shall we say uh and it oh, certainly there's, helps there's to no have doubt,
3: them there's no doubt about it. I mean, look, the marquee players will look they sell right They sell tickets, they sell viewership i mean it's just but it, uh, that's the i mean the, the NFL is really the the one I mean, they are definitely the sport where it doesn't really matter about your market size. It just doesn't. No. Like market size doesn't really affect them.
2: No, they transcend all of that.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you have that player, that player plays for – Patrick Mahomes, as you mentioned, is a prime example. He plays in Kansas City. Now, would he be bigger if he played in New York City or L.A.? Yeah. Chicago? I suspect, yes, probably so. But – Look how big he is in Kansas City. And so, you know, a lot of other sports, you can't do that. I think it's a pretty interesting case study right now when you see the Memphis Grizzlies, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're in little old Memphis, and right now they may be the best team in the NBA or pretty close to it. I know they just dropped their third one in a row, but don't forget they had the longest winning streak in the league coming into this three-game losing streak at 11 games. John Morant didn't play last night. Steven Adams didn't play. Um, But... They've got a real bona fide superstar in John Morant. They do. And surrounded by some really, really good players. But they also have that bona fide superstar in John Morant. And he is proving, even in Memphis, people will watch. They will. If you notice, people will pay attention to Grizzlies games around the country because of John Morant. Yep. He's the box office guy. He doesn't have to play for the Knicks. No. Or the Nets or the no. Lakers or the Clippers.
2: No, people will watch Or Golden that. State. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, and, and, you know, it's only going to, as we continue to kind of get more and more fractured as a, as a media, where everybody's not watching the same thing, there's only one thing that people will continue to watch that will not be on DVR, and that's sports people still want to watch sports live they will record everything else you will record watch it on demand watch it later the only thing that people want to watch live as it is happening is sports and sometimes news but sports mainly the NFL people and listen we've done the research we've looked into it we have tried it people do not want to see it later People want to watch it as it happens. They want to tweet about it as it happens. They want to react in group chats as it happens. It is a live event. They want to bet on it. You know, I did a story a couple of days ago, Darren, here in the state of Tennessee. How much money did we bet on sports in 2022? Here's the answer, everybody. Billions. Three point eight billion dollars in 2022. Three point eight billion dollars. At 2022, that's how much money. That's how much money we bet on sports. And that is up from 2.7 billion the year before that we bet on sports here in the state. That's that's not nationwide. That's just us here in Tennessee this state. That's just us between Mississippi, the Mississippi River, between Memphis, and Knoxville, and, and over here in the, you know the Appalachians. Yep. That, that's just us. 3.8 billion dollars last year. That's an insane amount of money. We broke it down, Darren. It's enough to give every single man, woman, and child in the state of Tennessee $542. Mm. <laughs> That's how much you need to bet on sports.
3: Speaking of betting, yesterday we told you the line was Kansas City favored by one and a half. We talked extensively yesterday about a high ankle sprain. I said yesterday it is serious, okay? I don't know how we got away. Where we morphed into high ankle sprain, because when we were growing up, it was just an ankle sprain, right? You turned your ankle. But it's now morphed into high ankle sprain, and now people go, oh. and you know what? It's real. It's a real injury, because you were like, hey, he's going to play. And I said, Well, he's well, going to play. I stand well, by it. He that. may play. But how good is he going to be? And uh, is he going to make it to the end? I, don't, I, don't I have doubts. Well, let me tell you, I'm not the only one that has doubts. Yesterday, the line was – Kansas City by one and a half. Today, as we sit here right now, the Bengals are favored by two and a half. Mm. Do you know how much money it takes to move a line in 24 hours that much? Quite a bit. A whole lot of money. Quite a bit. Going from Kansas City favored by one and a half to Cincinnati favored by two and a half in 24 hours. Yeah. You tell me. I'm the only person that questions a high ankle sprain? No, clearly a whole lot of people question Kansas City now with that high ankle sprain because it's just the reality. I mean, he may play, but he's just not going to be the dynamic player and be able to use every, you know, all the things in his arsenal. He just can't. Okay. He he won't be mobile. Okay. He won't be able to run around and do a jump pass Mm -hmm. or a sidearm pass and the, the crazy stuff that he does he may end up being a statue and mahomes can pull it off better than most but it will affect kansas city it will affect them there's no doubt about it in my mind there's not
2: sure no it'll it'll affect them um i'm just not i'm just not moved that patrick mahomes and and if there's a difference between patrick mahomes will be ineffective versus patrick mahomes you know won't be able to play or this is this is all I'm getting at all I'm saying is I think Patrick Mahomes will play I think Patrick Mahomes can still be effective uh, and do what he needs to do will he look like himself well clearly not but just because he doesn't look like he normally looks doesn't mean that all of a sudden he stinks and I would I would caution anyone who thinks that Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden cannot beat the Cincinnati Bengals because he's got a high ankle sprain I would disagree, but we'll see. And I'm not saying you know, and you know, I'm not saying that. Oh well, it it won't stop them and they're unbeatable. I'm not saying anything of the nature. I'm just, I'm just saying, don't count them out so easily just because of the high ankle
3: sprain. Well, the sharp money right now, that's that's who bets early. Yeah, the sharp money is moving this line drastically, and the sharps are saying, yeah, put your money on Cincinnati. We'll come back. We'll head down to Murfreesboro. We'll bring in Rick Enzel. We'll do that next
9: For affordable term life, call 800-529-2856.
4: airline tickets book a flight today to london paris madrid or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed call
0: the international travel department right now at low-cost airlines 800-648-9175 800-648-9175 800-648-9175 that's 800-648-9175 Needing a snow day? How about a dough day?
7: Instant games from the Tennessee Lottery are bringing winning flurries and drifts of cold, hard cash. With chances at breathtaking top prizes up to $4 million, sled to your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer and score a chance at a dough day. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
0: It's a Bill King Show. I just, if Nick coached another seven, eight years, I would not be shocked at all. I wouldn't be. Now, I'm not predicting it because I don't think you can predict that kind of thing. We don't know that. If he coached to 80, I would not be flabbergasted. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM.
3: Back here on the McFarland Show. Darren and Justin here with you on this Tuesday afternoon. We're here live in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. Let's head down to the borough. Our next guest should be a really happy man. He is the head coach at MTSU. The Lady Raiders are rolling. He is Rick Enzel. They have the fourth longest winning streak in the country at 14 games. They're 9-0 in Conference USA play and 16-2 overall on the season and he now joins us Rick how you doing
6: doing great Darren you
3: doing fantastic I mean not as well as you you have to be <laughs> enjoying this season right this has been a lot of fun hasn't it
6: well it's been a lot of fun but it's been a lot of pressure too we've been in a, a lot of close games and we've been able to do some things positive when we needed to and you know that's always good to see as a coach because that's what you work on from last April to right now you know
3: now that you're in conference play, coach, what what is it like being the hunted? You're not the hunter this year. You're you're the one being hunted. What what is that like? are these do these girls embrace that? Do you embrace
6: that? Well, you get this time of the year, the conference race is about half over. We're nine we got twenty games in the conference and this uh, Thursday night'll be ten, Saturday'll be eleven. So this week it'll be more than half over. You what you've got is you've got us sitting at the top. Now usually we're either second or third about this time, you know. And like you say, we're chasing whoever's number one and hoping to hoping to get ourselves one of the top four bids. Right now you've got a bunch of desperate teams that are behind you. They're they're good teams, but they're desperate. And what I mean by that is they're they're trying to win enough games to get an automatic buy, so they won't have to play on that first day, and that. That's big because you playing four days in a row, it takes it out of you. So if you have to play that first day, you, your chances of winning the tournament are, are they're, they're not great. So that's what you've got now. So everybody's going to be bringing their best game to you. And what you got to do is you got to motivate your players to come back out and get after it because they can look and say, well, Coach, we've already got one of those buys. Yeah, but right now what you, we're doing is we're playing for a seed in the NCAA tournament. We finish this thing out. We got a chance to go to a fifth seed, or maybe even a fourth seed, and maybe even host the first couple of games mm. in the NCAA tournament at, at Murphy Center.
3: Would that be something? Wow, mm. that that is really cool. You you experienced this as a head coach. You've been at this for a long time, and I think you had a team like a decade ago that won seventeen in a row. Does it? I, I know the players are different and teams are different, and it was a decade ago, but. Does this run, does this group, does it feel like it did a decade ago with that 2013-2014 team, or does it is it completely different?
6: Well, th- this group has kind of got an identity of their own there. We've got some size. We've got a young lady at six 6'7". Uh, that's pretty good. She's just a sophomore, but she's pretty good. And we've got a young lady from Macon County that can shoot from the center line. They talk about Caitlin Clark. I'm telling you, this kid's right behind us, uh, Jalen Gregory. Uh, she's just an unbelievable range, a great basketball IQ. You got a Courtney Whitson, which you got leadership there from Kingsport. That is started for me now. This is her fourth year, and uh, she's she can go inside, she can go outside. You got another young lady there. This is her fifth year. That's um, that's Alexis Whittington, come from Riverdale, and uh, she's just a, a lockdown defender, and then we—I think I've got two of the best point guards in the South: um, Savannah Wheeler, which is uh, it came uh, transferred in from from uh, Marshall, and then you got Courtney Blakely, which led the nation in scoring in high school. Uh, they're both just absolutely quick on quick, and then can shoot the heck out of the ball. And then we're bringing our leading scorer off of, off of, of the team off the bench, hmm. and um, you know she's. She's from uh, Belarus, and she's just uh, she's unbelievable too. So you know, and then you know, we got a couple of freshmen. Uh, Tamia from uh, Clarksville is uh, very, very, very talented, and just uh, we she's coming off the bench, and she gives us some depth there also. So and some range, so we we can really play any type of game someone wants to play. If they, it's tough for teams to zone us because we shoot the ball so well. It's tough for teams to man us because we're so quick to the basket, and we got a six-seven that's not a slouch inside. You get her the ball, she's gonna score. So when you're, it's a nightmare if you're gonna sit down and you're gonna put a scouting report together on us.
3: Sounds like it. So <laughs> with those numbers, coach, you know, 14 in a row, and you're 16 and two on the season. It's very clear these games. You drop those two contests at the very beginning of your season. So you, you, you drop a tough one to Mercer right out of the gates by a point. And then you, you lose a tough one to Texas Tech, I think, in one of those, those classic games. What, what, did you, what did you think at the time with those two, those two losses? And, you know, what, what about that response? Clearly, you know, you, you got the response you were looking for after those two losses. You haven't lost since. Well,
6: we were pretty upset because the Mercer game, there was 5.5 ten seconds on the clock. We were up one, and uh, they dribbled it off their foot, and somebody else touched it, and somebody else got it. They walked, they threw one up, and it went in. Well, when you go back and take a stopwatch and put on it, it's seven seconds. Mm. It was only 5.5. They did not have a replay that night. So, you know, coming back to Murfreesboro, we were pretty upset because – you know, you lose a game. We shouldn't have been in that situation, but when we were in that situation, it it wasn't that we got cheated. It's just the fact that they didn't have their equipment working. Well, then you go in, and we lead Texas Tech for 38 minutes and a half the whole game. And then the last minute and a half, we just fell apart for some reason. They were, they were not doing anything any different than they'd done all night. We just fell apart. So... We knew we had some work to do when we came back down, and we just went to work on our defense. We went to work on taking care of the basketball, and um, you know, and it's paid off.
3: I got to be honest, Rick. When I, you know, not to I, where you really got my attention um, is when you guys not only beat Louisville, I mean you, you whipped up on Louisville, and that that certainly got my attention. I was like, whoa, whoa,
6: well, they're, okay. they're not messing
3: around this year.
6: It was an 18 point game, but it very well could have been 30, to be honest with you. And, you know, we got to thank Jeff Walls. He's, he, uh, you know, to come to Murfreesboro, he knew we were going to be good. He knew it was going to be a tough game. But for him, that's how you grow the game. You grow the game, but you bring your fan base and your team to another man's gym, their fan base, and they got a good. That's what Pat Summit did the whole time she was coaching at the University of Tennessee. And, uh, you know, he, he, the, a lot of the teams dodge us because they know we're going. We, we've got a pretty good program here, and uh, and then they'll go out and they'll talk to the public and to the press that, hey, we're we're trying to grow the game when they're really not trying to grow the game. They're trying to build their record up either to get another job or to hopefully get into the NCAA tournament. If they don't win enough games in the SEC or the ACC or somewhere like that, you know.
2: Coach, I wanted to ask you about uh, the change in the conference and what it's felt like going from the two-division structure like you've had the last couple of years to this year where there are no more divisions. How, how does that play into uh, you guys, if at all?
6: Well, I'll tell you, I didn't, I didn't like the two-division, I'll tell you why. <laughs> we, were second, we were second in our division last year with three losses in the conference. Uh, Charlotte won it, and we beat Charlotte twice. We lost the game at Western, and that game at Western cost us uh, from, from at least tying Charlotte. But with us beating them twice, we would have won it, won that side of it. And you go to the other side now, to the West, and uh, Law Tech won that side with seven losses. Mm. So they go in with an automatic bye right off the bat, and then our first-place team, Charlotte, goes in with a bye. We very well, with three losses, could not have had a bye. And that would have put us playing four games. So I didn't like it at all. I, I thought it was that you let there were some teams that got to play or didn't have to play early when we were sitting there with a better team with a better record. Not only us, I think Western might have been another one of those teams that had a better team and a better record that got shut out of that, you know. So I like playing everybody twice, to be honest with you. You get a true champion, um, you know who's going you know who's gonna win the conference. If they win it straight up, they win it straight up.
2: Coach, I wanted to ask you about uh, having the opportunity to coach along with your son like you've had the opportunity to do for the last number of years and, and how special that has to be uh, at this point in your career to, to have him with you. Uh, I know he spent a number of years uh, away from you over taking other jobs, but he's been back with you, and uh, I just wanted to ask you about that experience. Well,
6: luckily I had, a, I had administrators like Sidney McPhee, our president, and Chris Massaro, our AD, that recognized the talent that Matt had. Matt was on Kentucky's team that went to three or four Elite Eights. Uh, he was very much in the middle of all that and uh, recruiting and coaching, and he got a job at Ole Miss. He was there for five years. His record was pretty good, and uh, they felt like they needed to change. They bought him out, and that when they bought him out at that time, he was available. Our president, Dr. McPhee, took him on a plane trip. with We were playing in the – Nit and he invited Matt to go with him, and on that plane trip, convinced him to come to Middle Tennessee along with Chris Massaro to 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 become one of our assistant coaches and eventually, hopefully, take over. And I, what a blessing it's been! Our recruiting has changed. What made it work, though, Darren and Justin, was the fact that I had coaches like Kim Bruton here, Nina Davis that and, and that joined right in with him. They were not jealous or envious or mad that he came on board. They they all got together, they changed our strategies, and, and you know, uh, it's really it's really taken the program from probably uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, from a 6 to about a 7 or 8. So it's been a blessing. Uh, Matt's, Matt is still young. Uh, I, I hope that we can keep him, to be honest with you. I think he's the best male recruiter in the country, and uh, I think uh, the coaches out there that really matter and know know the situation, they'll tell you the same thing. So that's why we hope we can keep him.
3: Rick, can't you just make him stay? No, no. He's got two little,
6: <laughs> got two little kids. That, uh, I hope he stays because they're my grandbabies, and I love them <laughs> more than anything in this world. So, you know, I may have to retire and get on out of the way is what I need to do and and play with my grandbabies and let them worry about coaching and going on the road and stuff. Our old coach is 71
3: years old. <laughs> I just yes, thought sir. you could play the dad card. Yes, sir.
6: You know?
2: but you, Like no, you tell him to go no. to his room or cut the grass or whatever else. You know, that, sir, you stay. That
6: used, to, that used to work, guys. I'll be honest with you, it don't work no more.
2: <laughs> Lost those powers a little bit. Uh, coach, coach, I wanted to ask you about uh, – the enormous amount of winning uh, You have done sir I've just done some quick calculations here Between your career at MTSU And your career uh, in high school ball sir uh, Your overall record is 1,180 wins Versus 294 losses How do you deal with losing When you win all the time What does losing do to you It's
6: not good <laughs> <laughs> I think you can ask everybody that's around our program. It's not good, uh, but uh, you know it's. Uh, uh, we you, I've never went in a game that I thought I was going to lose. Be honest with you, and uh, I'm taking that attitude from high school right on into college, and uh, you know I just feel like we're going to win every game. And if we lose, then we got to go back and, and go back to work. That's all you can do. You can't can't worry about it. You just got to go back to work. And, get, and work on your weaknesses and make them your strengths. And, you know, a lot of coach talk there. But I think more than anything, the the players that we recruit, if you go down the line of all the players that we got, one of the things we look at is what type of high school program do they come from? Mm. Uh, what type of coaching did they get in high school? How did they react to all that? And that's the type of player that we bring in here. We got we got probably seven starters on our basketball team right now. We played eight of those games that we won four games. We went without Alexis Whittington and she was a starter. She had a knee, a knee injury and four games. We went without a Savannah Wheeler and she had a concussion protocol. So eight of those games that we won, we won without a, a starter. And that's where you got um, Cab Blakely stepped up in both of those situations. And we just and Really and truly, we we played as good or better than we were playing with those young ladies,
2: Coach. I've asked every single college coach that we've had on the air with us in recent weeks this question. Um, you know, regardless if they coach in football or not, how does transfer portal, portals, and NIL and all of that affects you and your program? I know we only think of it typically in the college football world. Um, but I know it goes for, for all the sports, and I'm not sure about the impact it may be having on your particular sport.
6: Well, last year we did not lose a person in the portal. Everybody stayed. And then uh, a couple of years ago we lost a couple of young ladies in the portal. Uh, but the last two years we've got uh, we've got a young lady, Dora out of Maine, that was uh, their all-time three-point specialist. She came in here last year and led this basketball team all the way we nearly won the NIT last year. And then uh, she, she went on back to Israel because she had two years she had to serve in the service. Mm. And then out of the portal, we were able to get Savannah Wheeler. And Savannah Wheeler came in, and she's starting uh, right after doors. She still got not only this year but next year. But she was a first-team all-conference player that transferred in here from Marshall to Middle Tennessee. So we've been very fortunate in, in the portal. But we're just not going to go in and, and recruit a problem. We've had those. They're not good. Uh, they, they, they tear everything up, the culture, the team, the locker room, you know, everything. So we're very, very cautious about going in and getting somebody that's moved from here to there, from here to there. Usually there's a reason they're moving. They can't get along with anybody. Yeah.
3: Rick, continued success. It's been a lot of fun watching this team. I know you got a couple home yeah. contests on Thursday and Saturday against Florida Atlantic and FIU. Uh, keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for doing this. The honor, sir. Right, thank we, you.
6: We appreciate you guys, and thank you very much. Come and see us if you want to come to a game. All you need to do is call us. Okay. Well, I'll, all right.
3: We'll take you up on that. I like that. <laughs> I'll be down there to see that team. Rick Enzel, the fine head coach. He's been at it a long time. And this long team time. is yeah. good. Yeah. You yeah. just heard it. I mean, this yeah. team is legitimately good. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. really good. Yeah. So, yep. uh, could you imagine? If you heard him say they got like a four or five
2: seed. They were actually hosting an NCAA tournament game. Yeah, and keep in like, mind, how crazy would that be? And don't they still have one less game uh, on the women's side? Like it's thirty-two; it's not sixty-four like it is on the men's on the men's side. That means there's one less game. Is that still the case for the women's uh, basketball tournament, with um typically the thirty-two teams and not the not the sixty-four? I think
3: that's yeah. I think that I think that's because they start off. The, the, with home games. Yes. Right? In yeah. The, the first round. Mm-hmm. First two rounds, I think. Yeah. Right? Before then they moved to the neutral site. Yeah, so. the Elite Eight and, all yeah, that, and yeah. the Final Four. All right. Good stuff. Appreciate Rick Enzel for joining us. We'll come back. More of the McFarland Show next here on WNSR.
0: This is the Greg Fogue and John Burton Show. Welcome, Angie McCartney.
10: When he'd come home, Jim would say to him, How are your bowels, Sonny? We he'd say, Oh, Dad, Dad, I you know, I'm a beautiful. You don't ask me about my bowels. Oh, it's
4: not that funny. Come uh, on, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, we didn't expect be talking about
0: Paul's bowels yeah. this morning. Greg Fogue and News Channel Vibes John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio.
3: Appreciate Rick Enzel for coming on here with us. By the way, we did look it up. They, they, they're they just like the men on the men's side. They have 68 teams.
2: Yeah, full-blown. In
3: their NCAA tournament. And just to put things in perspective, one, if you remember Belmont last year beat Oregon in the in their first-round game and, and damn near beat Tennessee, Lady Vols. They lost by three in that game. But just to kind of put perspective in – I asked Rick Enzel about that win against Louisville, and he said, you know, kudos to them for coming to Murfreesboro. Louisville was in the final four last year. Mm. Just, just let that sink in. They lost to the eventual champions, the best team in the country, in Don Staley in South Carolina. That's how that's how Louisville got put out of the tournament last year, in the final four. And you heard Rick say, yeah, we beat them by 18. Should have been 30. Mm. I mean – if that doesn't put things in perspective, now obviously I would think Louisville may be down a bit this year. I don't know. Maybe they're, I don't know if they're a Final Four contending team this year like they were last year, but they were in the Final Four last year. Yeah. In the women's NCAA tournament. Yeah. They came to Murfreesboro this year and got shredded mm. by MTSU. It's
2: been a it's been a tough season overall up there in Louisville, has it not? For the uh, for both uh, programs, yeah. right? I mean, it's not. I mean,
3: you could, you could say, well, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would compare the women's to the men's right now. The men's okay. is bad. Well, yeah, it's it's well. bad. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> I mean, ooh. Okay. I haven't seen Louisville basketball like that maybe ever. So it's really like, bad. They're that bad. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Not good. Speaking of basketball. Yeah. Big tilt at Memorial Gym tonight.
2: Absolutely. Um uh, you know, first of all, congrats to Vandy. We haven't talked about a big week, a big win over the weekend. Yeah, down in Georgia. Down in Georgia. Down in Athens. I got yeah. the 3-point victory over the Bulldogs, uh a team that's ahead of them in the SEC standings uh by a couple of games. So, uh nice confidence booster there uh with the win on the road uh before coming back home uh for the big matchup over there at Memorial. And you know, a win tonight could really help ignite a little hope uh, and maybe a little excitement here in the fan base uh, after you know the, and get a couple of things going here. You know what I mean? I suspect
3: mean? that place is going to be hopping tonight.
2: You would think, um, after everything that the that the program has been to, I think people want to be excited about Vanderbilt uh, basketball if they can. Um, but you know they got to find a reason here, and you know. Stacking those wins can certainly help it. Uh, if there is a run towards the NCAA tournament at this point, if there's just a run to get in, they don't even have to win a game. If they can just get in the tourney, well, have I to, think it would do wonders. At this point, they'd
3: have to win. They'd almost have to win the SEC tournament to get in.
2: So be it. No matter what it is, just yeah. the pursuit of it, though. You know, you understand what I mean. Just yeah. a just a chase yeah. would do the program. Well, look, very well. They've been playing well here of late. They yeah.
3: have. And if they could beat Kentucky tonight at Memorial Gym, by the way, that game tips at 8 o'clock. You can watch it on SEC Network. Okay. SEC Network tonight, 8 o'clock, Kentucky and Vanderbilt. I suspect – by the way, I saw – Coach. you said Stack wins? Yeah. Coach Stack? Yeah. I saw him tweet out earlier today that – in fact, I need to find – something about it. Was he going to be handing out or they're handing out – I don't think he's going to be handing out – are they handing
2: out energy drinks to
3: everybody tonight? You Was that a know. joke? Was no, that real? See that.
2: Did you see that? that? No, I haven't seen that at all. But, you know, why not? Uh, <laughs> no, I want to look. Now I want to look it up. I mean, why, why not? That could work out. I mean, why not? That could be good. Um, yeah, I see it right here. Here it is right here. Five hours ago, our student section has been bringing the energy, and it's my turn to return the favor, the rock star, Espresso for our students tonight is on me. Let's ride. Hashtag Memorial Magic. There you go. <laughs> so you know. So they
3: are handing out energy drinks.
2: Yeah, Now yeah, It probably won't be him personally. Although that wouldn't that be something? Uh, Jerry Stackhouse was greeting fans um, as they came on into the gym with a uh, can of espresso. Oh uh, yes, that would be something. That would be something. Yeah. However. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. Instead, uh, they'll have other people doing that as they uh, get ready for the big game against Kentucky.
3: Yep, you have the Preds at home tonight at Bridgestone Arena against Winnipeg. So they'll try to build off that uh, win Saturday. A good win against a good L.A. team on Saturday at Bridgestone. Uh, Two more games before the All-Star break. And so we'll see. They have two tough ones tonight and Thursday at Bridgestone Arena. So you've got the Predators dropping the puck at Bridgestone against a good Winnipeg team. So a division foe at 7 o'clock mm-hmm. and just a couple miles down the road. You'll have uh, an hour later, you'll have Vanderbilt and Kentucky tipping off at Memorial Gym.
2: Yeah. Exciting times here. And, you know, it's going to keep getting and building more and more, um, getting more tense here, especially for Vanderbilt, the closer we get to to the tournament here. they They need to start getting on the good foot here as far as getting some of these wins together. If, the, if they are going to think about making some noise this season, and for them, I would think that would include getting into the tournament, honestly. I mean, they've they got to find a way to do it if you're them, or at least make a good run at it.
3: Well, I don't know if a good – look, they, they do. They, they need to get – you know, the Robbins injury. Kill, you know, it hurts so bad. I mean, he's, he's the, their big guy they need, and he's out. The problem is – He Darren, may be out the rest of the rest of regular season.
2: People don't know – the the attention on them is not as high that people will look and go, oh, they're missing one of their key players. They won't know the difference. It's just they're not winning, and that's all we, we basically know. They're not winning. They haven't won in a long time. Jerry Stackhouse has been there four or five years. Even if it's not four or five years, it doesn't matter. It seems like it's been four or five years, and he hasn't won.
3: Well, this is, what,
2: year three? Or year four. I think this is year four. Yeah, it is year four. So people will, but you know how people inflate things. People Year four may seem like, oh, he's been there seven to eight years and they ain't done nothing. It's just, you know, it's the perception. And the perception of the program right now isn't a strong one. And, you know, and that's what I'm saying, making a little noise here would do them, again, even if it's not all the way, even if they don't go to the final four, just the being a bubble team would do them well
3: they've done well at home so i'll be this one is you know i'm curious about this because you know how i feel about this kentucky team but i don't know maybe that win against tennessee is maybe going to turn around their season i don't know when they went to knoxville and won when i laughed at Volboy, boy when he called in on friday and said you know that friday and said you think tennessee could could lose to kentucky and i just laughed and then Kentucky went out there and played <laughs> a really good game and beat Tennessee and maybe that's going to turn Kentucky's season around. Maybe that you know maybe that readjusted Tennessee right because they've looked yeah, really good. They have. They've since looked that really loss. strong since yeah. then. Maybe yeah. that gave them a little jolt. Yeah, they need it. But Vanderbilt, you know, they you, you could build up. You, you beat you went down to Athens. You beat Georgia. Yeah. You just beat Arkansas. Yeah. At home. Yeah. Uh, their last home game. Well, no, I guess I guess they lost to Alabama. Yes. a good one, it's still a good game. Yeah. I mean, Alabama's really Alabama's good. Alabama's a loaded team. They're one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. They are. Loaded team. And they, they, beat, they beat Arkansas. They went to Georgia. So you beat Kentucky,
6: you know, it,
2: maybe this is you can start stacking yeah. those wins. Good things can happen. And they need some of that memorial magic over there uh, this evening. Um, because they need good things to start to happen for them.
3: They really do. Well, if you don't know what Memorial Magic is, because it really hasn't been very magical. No, it has in a long time. Yeah, a little while. It's really, you know, it's what would go on in that. It's that environment. It's mm-hmm. what would go on in that gymnasium, that would sometimes just will Vanderbilt to victories, just incredible games. I mean, crazy games, and you know, they they need that that atmosphere and that gym can be bonkers. I mean, I've gone to games against Kentucky. And Tennessee, when Tennessee was the number one team in the country or Kentucky was the number one team in the country or both programs were top five in the country, and it was nuts in there. And Vanderbilt, I've seen Vanderbilt blow,
2: blow Kentucky out of that gym. It's also – Blow it, out of Memorial Gym. If you've never been, it's also a very unusual setup. Um, and I won't forget my first time there in Memorial when – the benches are not where the benches typically are in most other arenas. Uh, and the whole entire arena or floor is kind of up on a stage. So you almost have to climb up onto the floor uh, to watch the game. It's just an unusual setup compared to most other gems, which, you know, I think can throw teams off when they first get in there because it's like, okay, well, this is different. Um, and, and it makes it a special place. It really, it really can. And by the way, the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament right here in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena coming up on March the 8th is when they get started down there.
3: Yep. We'll come back and wrap up the Tuesday edition of the McFarland Show. We'll do that next.
1: I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel.
7: Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language,
0: like magic.
1: I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use.
10: It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French.
5: There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use
3: Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a
7: language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than... Babble. Babble.
10: Babble. 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 Evidemment. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's dot lcom Babbel.com. Babble.com. Individuals
8: and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now. 800-785-9132. That's 800 785 9132. U.S. Tax Shield. 800-785- 9132. Golfers,
1: tee it up this Thursday through Sunday at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the Callaway Fitting Event and be the first to score the new Paradigm Woods and Irons. The Woods are engineered with forged carbon to maximize distance and forgiveness. The irons feature a forged face for increased launch speed and spin. A new paradigm in performance. Go to WorldwideGolfShops.com and reserve your free custom fitting experience at this Thursday through Sunday, Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee.
0: The Jim Rome Show. I get a lot of vacation. I understand that. However, I don't take a lot of sick days. These things are not one and the same. That was not like I worked eight straight days or I worked Super Bowl Sunday. I think I'll give myself a day off. I earned it. Hey, and by the way, I could because I have those days. I pride myself in not taking sick days. I hate that. We usually grind through it. But honestly, it was the right thing. In that case, it was the right thing. The Jim Rome Show, weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville's Sports Radio.
3: So we had touched on the news that Ed Reed yeah. had been hired at Bethune-Cookman. Yeah. That is in the past. Yeah. He is not the head coach moving forward. What no. has what gone on for people who S- don't know that story?
2: Of course, Ed Reed is the uh, Hall of Fame. Fame, Hall of Fame uh, football player for the Baltimore Ravens and a couple of other teams at the end. Uh, he was serving as the chief of staff for uh, the Miami Hurricanes the past couple of years, but have been hired on at Bethune Cookman, which is over in Daytona, Florida, uh, to be their next head football coach. Um, what happened is, Darren, they agreed to a contract, but they never actually executed or signed off on the contract. And Ed Reed began acting as football coach in good faith, knowing that they were just going to come to an agreement at some point. Well, he went down there to Bethune-Cookman, uh, saw some of the conditions uh, of the facilities down there, and, and keep in mind Bethune-Cookman is a very small historically black college and university, play in the in the SWAC Southwest Athletic Conference, uh, and they've also been hit by a couple of hurricanes recently that's caused some significant damage there to the campus. So. Ed Reed got down there. He saw the amount of disrepair that was happening there at the campus. He saw some of the trash that had collected there at the campus. Uh, He says his office was not ready when he got there. And he went on Instagram and decided to let loose with a profanity-filled tirade against uh, that particular school and uh, HBCUs in general, historically black colleges, universities in general. Well, that did not go over well with the— I can't uh, imagine why. With the um, Bethune-Cookman powers that be. Um, So they decided, uh, the president, the interim president down there, Bethune-Cookman, decided they were not going to move forward with Ed Reed, and they were not going to uh, sign his contract. And so now Ed Reed is uh, no longer going to be the coach— which is – now, Darren, this is why this is particularly tough. Ed Reed, and according to most reports, it seems like it's very accurate. He had about 30 players who had come down there to Bethune-Cookman to play for him, about 30 guys who had committed to come down there and play for him, and now he is no longer the coach. So these, this leaves some of those guys in a very tough situation because the transfer portal, as you know, is already a madhouse and trying to find a new place to go right now is very difficult. And they don't know who the football coach is going to be. They don't have an idea. Now, Ed Reed has apologized for the comments. He says he wants to sit down with the, uh, the president and try to see if they can come up with some agreement. But some of the things that have been said, I don't know if you can come back from it. No. I mean, he called Reggie Theus, who is the athletic director at. Did you say Reggie Theus? Yes, sir.
3: The, the NBA, yes, yes,
2: basketball player Reggie Theus, Reggie Theus, who played with Michael Jordan of uh, yeah. the Chicago Bulls back in the day, he is the current athletic director at Bethune Cookman slash basketball coach. He's both. He's the men's basketball coach and athletic director at Bethune Cookman. Reggie, uh, excuse me, Reggie uh, Ed Reed. Ed Reed called him an evil person. I I, I don't know how you come back from that. Uh, on social media. Yeah. It's it's on wax as they would say. Yeah,
3: you don't do that. You don't, you
2: don't I I don't do know how you come back from that. So Bethune Cookman continues to look for a job. Ed Reed is continuing to look for a job. If you see it on social media, he cried during an interview last night because of his passion for the team. And it's 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 a little messy. It just is. I just feel bad for everybody involved. It's it's bad. It's just bad. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Things not
3: to do. Yeah. I thought Ed was a little smarter than that. Maybe it, it almost acts to me like Ed didn't want to be there. That's what it feels like. Well. How do I get out of this?
2: There's, there's a lot I can say about that that I won't. it would just, just take too much time. But, yeah, he's not going to be there.
3: All right. That'll do it for our show today. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow starting at 2 o'clock. Stay tuned. Afternoon stretch is next.
2: Oh. Sports Radio, ABC News, I'm
9: Morgan